Well, Rob, hi. Um, it's the first formal episode one after our intro of Channel Fury. And um, I'm going to date this one as well by starting off, although we're recording on the 31st, it won't go out till next year. So I'll wish you a happy new year, Rob. Happy new year to you as well. Hopefully it's a good year for Blood Bowl. It's always a good year for Blood Bowl, Rob. Not had a bad one yet. That's true. That's true. I don't know. If you play if you play Norse, maybe not so much, but it's still good meeting other people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we did say in the last episode, we're going to focus on what's happening uh, in the London scene. And today we're going to start by looking at one of the leagues, which not too many other podcasts cover. And we're going to start off by talking about the SBL. Um, it's our intention going forward to try and get some guests on to talk about the various leagues we focus on. But we don't need to with the SBL because we have right here with my co-host, the founder and commissioner himself. So, Rob, tell us tell us what made you start the SBL in the first place. So, like we covered in the last episode, uh, obviously we, we played in our beginners league and then we were like, oh, the main league doesn't kick off for another sort of three months or so. Um, and a bunch of us were hooked already wanting to play more games. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just run my own then, see if there's enough interest for it. Um, and we sort of went from there. So I spoke to uh, Mark, who's the guy that run the UU, and was like, well, you, he uses uh, Excel spreadsheets to run his leagues. Um, so I was like, can I just steal your format and borrow all that? And can you help sort of get me through it just to get it started? Um, and he gave me a bunch of help on that, was more than happy to share all his bits and pieces with me. Um, so I had the sort of skeleton there to run a league and then it was just finding players. So we had uh, a bunch of us from the UU, the Beginners League. Um, and then there were a couple of guys that we'd sort of met from the main league that were playing in other systems at the time down the club that wanted to play more Blood Bowl. So I think we had about 12 of us for the first season, um, which is quite nice when you've already got a player base to sort of pull players from. And it, and it started from there. And being something you were running on your own, Rob, I'm sure you were very sensible and kept it nice and small like that. And it, it carries on to this day as a nice, you know, six, eight, ten player league. Oh, if only, if only. Uh, we have expanded uh, over the seasons. I think our, our maximum we had was 32, but I think now we're at a sweet spot. I think 28 is the sweet spot I'm going to keep it at. It uh, means you get um, four divisions and it, it means that everyone's just getting enough, but not too much. You don't want the seasons to run too long, especially when we've got other seasons sandwiched either side of it. And we can get into that in a, a future episode, but I think at, at that many people, you've gone out and found yourself some help to run it because it'd be an awful lot of work to do on your own. Yeah, so this season that we've sort of kicked off in sort of November, I've now got a bunch of guys that are sort of just helping ticket over uh, I had a change of career that sort of meant I had less time during the day to check my phone and and roll dice and do all the bits that sort of help a league tick over um, so yeah having those guys that were you know can just jump in roll some expensive mistakes rolls or skills when I'm not available um, or just answer general questions or push people to get games booked in or just all the little bits of admin that sort of Generally, the players in the league don't really see what's going on in the background, but it's been nice for those guys to see a little bit more of what's happening in the background, and they've been a great help. So I guess probably should have started with this. What's the SBL actually stand for? So the SBL stands for the Salt Bowl League. So I came into Blood Bowl being an Underworlds player. So Warhammer Underworlds was the game system I played before this. Um, we met a bunch of guys from Reading who used to play the game as well and we started sort of going to tournaments with those guys up at Nottingham. It just happened to be, there happened to be a million robs between the bunch of us. So I think in a group of about 16 of us, there are about four robs. 
um, and I was, uh, I don't know the, the correct word for it, but I was aptly named Salty Rob after not very long. Uh, I was very prone to throwing my toys out the pram and uh, losing my marbles a little bit playing that game. Um, and no, that's all it stuck. can't be. It can't be. I know, I know. I like to say that I've calmed quite a bit from there because it did used to be a lot worse. But um, yeah, so we sort of stuck with the salt bowl. Um, it was a little bit different. Uh, there was... I still find it quite weird that there's not a single league in London that has London in the name. Oh, that's because we, we're uh, we're a big place and we uh, we all need our own identity. And what what about the salt ball gives it its identity? What makes it what makes it a bit different from the other leagues? So originally we sort of just played it as a normal league. Um, we didn't really have any stipulations on what you could play. Um, I think we tried to, so because we had a bunch of new coaches coming in and a bunch of sort of what I call vets, guys that have played like three, four seasons already, um, we sort of limited the the guys that were coming in with lots of experience to tier two and tier three teams. Uh, And the guys that were coming in fresh, we allowed them to take tier one teams. And we sort of just with the mindset of it kind of should balance it out a little bit. Obviously, it won't completely save you. but it definitely balances the books a little bit and makes it a little bit easier for new coaches um, to play the tier ones, knowing that you're not going to come into a, a someone who knows the game inside out with a tier one team. Um, so we sort of started with that, and that seems to have stuck for most seasons. Yeah, I think it's become part of the identity of the league now that it's where you go to to try different things and uh, still be competitive, but not try the very most competitive teams, try try different rosters. And I think everyone's tier two this year and it, it looks like that's going to be the way it's going to be. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to stick with that now. We did, um, so last season we did the sort of summer supreme season where we sort of opened it back up and said, right, because we'd allowed a few coaches to take tier one teams uh, with the, the original thinking was if you've always played as a bash coach, but you want to try and move to elves or an edge team, we'd put it to the league and if people voted yet yeah, we think this coach isn't going to be massively broken and just walk the league with it we'd allow them to take teams and especially with new teams coming out so like when amazons came out a few guys wanted to jump on the the sort of cult of new um so we allowed that for a little bit so i went look we're slowly bleeding tier one teams in so let's just have a season where everyone can throw a throw a um tier one team at it and then after that we're going to just ban them straight away. I will also say that we follow the um, tournament um, sort of tier list in that. So teams that in the rule book might be tier two, we actually play them as tier one. So something like Underworlds, where they got errated into tier one, they will count as tier one for us. We've also moved uh, humans and orcs we have left in tier one. Uh, and that was just off of my decision. I think they're both quite solid teams, more so orcs than humans, but I think they can cause problems. Yeah, when I run out of other things to play, I, I might petition you to put humans back in tier two, but that's that's a way away yet. We'll, we'll leave that one for now. Um, the other thing that makes it different is um, you go for some of the rules out of the, the spikes. Rob, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so we ran the first season just as a vanilla season, obviously with those couple of stipulations. And then I was like, well, this needs to be something different because otherwise we're just running a mini league in the gaps with no real identity. So that sort of became the identity um, that we that I sort of wanted. I wanted to have the, the Spike magazines. Let's use them to spice it up a little bit. Um, and also from very early, we had redrafting as well. So even from season one, I was allowing people to redraft their teams 
um, something that you don't normally see that much in league play. Although now I'm actually seeing quite a few leagues do allow some redraft. Um, it has its pitfalls as well as its strengths. Um, but also we still haven't had a redraft team come and win a future season. So I don't think it's that overpowered. No, I think redraft probably takes us nicely on to, to the current season, which I've lost track. You'll know better than me, partly because you do a new set of dice for every season. Uh, but what are we in about season five, season six now, Rob? So this is season five this season. I thought it was six, but that's because my maths was slightly out. Um, but yes, this is season five. And I think, uh, so we're up to 28 coaches this season, but I think we're now on six or seven of us that have played in every season of the SBL. So there's a good cohort that just have always stuck around and always if there's a new season i know i've got at least probably eight of us that are a guarantee and then we try and fill them out from there yeah i think there's probably a a bit more than eight now who are coming back every year but you're right there's a a good solid core um one of those was uh the the team everyone was terrified of going into this year was a a redraft chaos team that had a, a star player that was i don't know block tackle mighty blow filth yeah, so it had a chaos chosen um, team with one of the linos that was yeah I think it was like tackle tackle mighty blow block maybe something maybe strip ball or something like that as well I know it's claw claw mighty blow tackle and block and I think it's fair to say that almost that piece on its own led to a, a rule change this year because you started introducing bounties. Yes, so we did uh, we did introduce bounties for this year. Um, so also sponsorships as well. So I'll, 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 what I'll do is I'll go, well, let's, let's start with season one and we'll work our way up to where we've got to now and, and why some of these changes have happened. Um, so season one, completely vanilla season. We just had it. Uh, redrafting was available uh, and that was well known from, from season one. We went into season two where we played the Necromantic Spike um, and then we saw a couple of redraft teams come back to that. Um, and there was nothing else really other than we just used the the pitch, uh, not the pitch rule, sorry. We used the kickoff event and the ball rules for the Necromantic Spike, and that was just a vanilla season of and that. At that time, we only had two divisions, and still, I think we had 12 or 14 coaches. I think that league saw um, a couple of people bring back Nurgle and actually find it quite enjoyable to have a Nurgle team that had a little bit of development early. Yes, uh, there will be someone who, who takes that with a pinch of salt because they literally missed playoffs on a quad skull. Um, so close, so close. Um, yeah, so yeah, having teams like Nurgle that can redraft and come back. I redrafted my human team and had a good run with my human team uh, back before we moved them into Tier 1. Uh, season 3 was... I'm trying to keep up with this now. I'm trying to go through what dice colour we had. Oh, Season 3 was the great season for me. My favourite season. Season 3 we used the, the Corn Spike with all the Chaos God rules and it was absolutely off the charts. Just the carnage that was happening. Um, so, probably my favourite uh rules that we've ever had in the SBL. I'm hoping if we if we ever run out of spikes to use, I'll definitely do another one with the with the chaos rules. I think there was a lot of people there went corn, if I remember rightly, which if you fulfilled your god's desires, you got an extra strength on one of your pieces the following game? Yes, that was one of them. So I'm pretty sure there were two, yeah, because there were two aspects to it. I'd actually forgotten about that part. So uh, we ran the usual um, 
kickoff event and the balls we always do that uh, but with the corn spike you can choose to be um you have to choose one of the chaos gods to be favored of so it was if i'm not wrong nurgle you gained regen on some of your players i believe uh corn you got an extra spp every time you cause the casualty uh chaos chosen you got an extra sp whenever you scored a touchdown uh slanesh i believe was every tar every player on your team gained sprint and zinch you could you could change any one dice in the game to any face that you would like this did uh i did rule on it that this did include armor injury um any dice in the game could be a scatter it could be any dice once per game you can change it to whatever face you want and that can be yours or your opponent's dice which led to some absolute cold wars in the uh, in the playoffs as both coaches had it and it was like whoever uses it first the other coach could just move it back to what they wanted um and it was just a mexican standoff um, which was great fun um but yeah it just meant if you were taking a bash team and you wanted to redraft Go for corn, try and smash as much stuff as you can. I took Renegades that season and I've come back with that team and they are chef's kiss, absolutely ready to go. Um, yeah, that was great. Well, that's skipping ahead a bit. Rob, Rob, I think you brought those back this season. You didn't bring them back immediately. So what came What came after the Chaos God season? Oh, so after the Chaos God season, ah, so we jumped around a little bit, I believe. We then did... Then we went to Amazons, so we were we should have done Norse, but we jumped to Amazons because it had just come out. Um, I don't know why we skipped. I think it was something to do with the colour of dice that were available to me at the time. Um, so we jumped on the Amazon uh, thing that had a nice little um, um, what was it called? At the start of the game, you'd roll a d6, and depending on what you rolled, uh, you would have a special effect for the game. I will say. Anytime you play with a spike magazine, try to avoid a passing team because it hates passing teams. Everything is minus passing or passing is hard for one reason or another. And also a lot of stuff gives you mighty blow. Um, so very easy to smash armor eight teams. Um, so Amazon spike, you had stuff like um, blood in the blood on the pitch or something um, where the apothecaries were working double hard to clear up all the blood um, so any beasties didn't come running out of the forest to attack the teams. So you, every time that there was an injury on one of your players, you'd roll the injury dice, uh, the D16, and then you'd roll it again. And the player, who's, the coach whose player was injured got to pick which result it was. So that was very nice if you got that one. Uh, some of the other ones were, I think there was like stampeding... Um, pterodons or something um where it would be minus one to rush in on the sidelines uh, or into the end zone um or it might have just been all go for it but yeah there was always something going on i did enjoy that um apothecary where you could choose from the, the two results uh, my poor opponent at one point uh rolled a 16 into a 15 so he was choosing from dead and dead <laughs> yeah it happens it happens um and then we've got to this season where we're running the Norse Spike. Um, and the Norse Spike was a little bit light. It just had um, 
it really kind of just had the uh, ball and kickoff uh, events in there. There wasn't really much else to it. So we added sponsorships uh, for this season. So I've used some out of the Def Zone. I think there's some that were in the rule book as well. So I think there's about five sponsorships you could pick from. Some of them I changed slightly just to make them all sort of fit together. Uh, but I think we've got uh, McMurty's Emporium where you get um, a bit like the Borak re-roll. Where it's a, it's a once per game re-roll rather than each half. We have uh, Bloodweiser uh, kegs, so every game you get two kegs just to start with, no matter the inducement money that you've got. Uh, SWAT, I believe it is, which is the SWAT Insurance Guild, um, which we've changed to the Salt Insurance Guild. So anytime one of your players die, you get uh, half of the money back from that player, especially if you've got big guys on the team. Ooh, I'm trying to think there were some other ones in there. The Sporting Emporium, Rob, which is the one that I've taken, oh, allows you great. to re-roll one or both of the dice if you're going for random skills. Yeah, that one is amazing. It's worked out for some people. The, my favourite one with that so far is one of our one of our Tomb King coaches, Ewan, had, uh, has that as his sponsorship. Uh, rolled it for a uh, Guardian and was just like, oh, I'm trying to just go for some Mighty Blow just rolled mighty blow before needing any re-rolls just automatically and then immediately afterward was like on his uh, blitz roll was like I'd quite like tackle on my blitz roll and then again just immediately just roll tackle straight out the gates without needing the re-rolls and I was just like sponsorships doing real good work there yeah and I think it's um it's part of the league now that some of these slightly different things become part of the culture I know you are vaguely democratic at times in the way you run the league and you put a bit of a poll out to see if people were enjoying the sponsorships and, and looking to continue with them and it was pretty overwhelming if i remember rightly that people were really keen on how they had gone i think it's unanimous yeah i think uh, everyone has voted to keep the sponsorships in for next season so i think next be- next season our bonuses are so again we'll use the balls and the kickoff from the vampire spike um, and also the vampire lords have loads of money in the coffers and they like to see uh, nice, healthy starting rosters. So everyone will get an extra 100k to build their rosters with next season, including redraft teams. So I expect to see a lot of knobs and uh, necro next season as it fills out the roster a lot nicer for a starting build. Yeah, I'll obviously go a completely different way because I always do. But um, I went knobs this year and we don't need to talk for too long about my league season. It's not been uh, my most spectacular. But um, what has been going on in the league, Rob? What's um, You're most of the way through the league season now. I know I've got one game left and I think most people are in that kind of position before you get to knockouts. Um, who's looking good? Who's um, been a surprise? What, so my division, so we season? have, uh, so we started with two divisions in the SBL. We've now advanced to four. So we have, uh, each division is named after a different kind of assault. So we've got a uh, knackle division, Cackle 2 Division, uh, Caco 3 Division and MGSO 4 Division. So I'm in MGSO 4 Division this year and it is tight as it could be. I think out of seven coaches in our conference, still five of them can still qualify for the playoffs because it's top two go through to playoffs. So there's only four games left to play. So there's one coach who's a little bit behind who needs to play three coaches and then there's two of us that need to play. But it is... It feels very much like the NFL, where you're going through all of the, right, if I draw, I need this guy to win, this guy to lose, and not win by, like, two or more touchdown difference. So it's got really spicy R division, and it's still completely up in the air. Uh, We've somehow got a goblin team who have only played two games and are still 
holding a playoff spot in the conference. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We had uh, Flings who've gone three and three, which they were more than happy with that that record who are currently sitting in a playoff spot. I think they're also in there and they've pretty much taken a giant to every game they possibly can. And I think the goblins might be doing similar because we allow giants in the SBL. Of course we do. Um, I don't know. How's your conference shaken up? Oh, you've got the Nurgle that just refused to concede touchdowns. Although the, the iron, the iron wall has been broken a little bit recently. Yeah, he's conceded two touchdowns in four games, but um, means he's he's won three and drawn one out of four so far. So the uh, Adams Nurgle team are, are topping the division, um, and these Corn team, um, which is the one team I've got left to play, are in second. So they've got a good chance of uh, picking up three points there. Um, and then there's there's an outside chance that there's a Blackhawk team that have still got four games to play. Um, so Roland might like make make might make a late run um, but it's been uh, it's been all the way yeah, Nurgle so Nurgle far do, right? I'm grinding just, out some don't go wins. mad just just keep it solid and I think we've also got uh, an ogre team that is um, still sitting around uh, looking pretty good uh, in Kako 3 yeah Mark and his ogres have still not lost the game uh, Tom and his necro haven't lost the game and Connor's sitting top with Blackhawks with three games played and three wins and might be our last undefeated coach beyond the Goblins. I think it's only the Goblins and Blackhawks that haven't dropped any points. Yeah, but looking at it, that division do have the most games left to play. Yeah, so there's still quite a bit to go in there. Definitely uh, opportunity for movement there. We've also had, um, I've quite enjoyed, uh, we've had quite a few new Vamp teams as well. Unfortunately, they've, most of them have all ended up in the same division, so they are just going at each other constantly. Um it does happen. It's one thing that I've sort of looked at for future seasons. I might be trying to split the races up a little bit so we don't end up with, you know, three of the same team all in the same division. Um, and I did look at it for stunties, but it's something I'm going to have to look at in the future because stunties do seem to be on the rise and do seem to be doing very well as well. I think a little bit of we, we have full star access available to, to everyone. And then as soon as uh, rules come out, uh, we drop the stars straight in. Um, they're good to go. So as if Skitter comes out in the next week with rules, he'll be, you know, if you've got a proxy or you can get hold of the model, you'll, you can play it straight away. Um, speaking uh, in no way with self-interest, if you can hold off a season before making any changes, that's oh, nice. Because I've committed to playing flings next year. Um, you've already talked about playoffs and um, obviously at the end of the league season, um, there'll be the top eight teams, I think, going into into some playoffs. Uh, but going back to the start of the season, um, I think this was the first year you did a, a yeah. So we talk a little bit. We about both uh, play in the DBL, which is one of the the bigger leagues in London, and they've always had uh, a draft night, which has always been a great spectacle. Um, I've never really done it with the SBL, partly because of being a one man show and feeling a bit overwhelmed by trying to trying to do it all on my own. Um, and also, we've not really, until this season, we've never had a, a place to call home, per se. Um, we got quite lucky this year. Um, one of our coaches run, manages one of the pubs in London that's quite central and easy for people to get to. Um, and he offered up um, his venue. Um, and that's sort of become the, the home of home of our league now. We seem to have about four or five games on a Monday happening at the Crown and Shuttle down in Shoreditch. Um so yeah, we got, we gave it a go. I did try and uh, did try and get a wheel because uh, we've always infamously done the draft via uh, an online wheel picker, 
Um, that lasted about two, three spins before it catastrophically failed and fell to pieces. So we did the older picking names out of the hat. I, I have to say, Rob, spin is a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, I, I'm tempted to give my myself a little bit of a wood woodwork challenge for next year. So there might be a, a bit more of a substantial wheel for next season that I can uh, just slide names into or or see what we can do. But yeah, we might we might try and up our game on that front a little bit. But it was one of the great things about leagues that you get so many different people together on the same nights playing and sitting around and af- afterwards and chatting and talking about what's happened. And, you know, draft night is definitely one of those occasions where you didn't get every one of the, the players down, but you pr- must have got 80, 90 percent down to, to see what was happening. Oh, yeah. There's even guys that weren't even guys that weren't up for playing that night would still come down just to sort of find out where they were drafted into. And bearing in mind that that was our first one, it was it was a bit shambolic, but it just means that we've got room for improvement for the next one. And also, I quite enjoyed we had quite a few new coaches uh, to the SBL this season, uh, guys that are newer to Blood Bowl, but still wanted to, to keep it going. And I think it kind of gave them the vibe of of how the league is is run a little bit of it's a bit shambolic, but we get there in the end. Um and it's mainly just keeping up with all the the crazy rules and all the little side stipulations of what teams you can take and there's weird little totem inducements in the spikes and there's a lot to keep up with. But if you can keep up with it, I well, I hope everyone else finds it the same, but it's a lot of fun with all the extra silly bits. And I will say that you do have to take it with a bit of a pinch of salt because there is always... Um, so in the kickoffs in the spike, there's never a blitz result and there's never a timeout result which a lot of games can come down to that. But there's also nasty stuff. Like I remember the Necro season, and I think there is one this season as well. Uh, if you get Dark of Night, which is rolling a 12 on the, I think it's weather table, um, you can't blitz more than three squares away. So if the target is more than three squares away, you can't blitz it. So if you can get a ball carrier four squares away from anyone, they literally can't get that ball. They can tag you to the heart's content, but they literally can't blitz the ball carrier. Um, doesn't happen that often, but uh, when it happens, you've got to be able to take that with a pinch of salt and not be too upset about it. I can absolutely confirm, Rob, that double six doesn't happen very often. So no, that's not been a problem for me at all. So Salt Bowl will come towards an end, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it again as a, a league when you get to the knockout stages. But best summarised as... Uh, a competitive league, but with some silly rules and some fun where, you know, coming and having a good time is at least as important as, as trying to win. Is that fair? Yeah, I don't think many people play the SBL with the burning desire to win it. Uh, I think people want to do well. Um, but I think the main thing is for a lot of people is bringing teams that they won't take to sort of leagues they think are a bit more competitive. So a lot of guys, a lot of us are crossed over between the DBL and the SBL and a lot of guys will play the teams that they wouldn't take to the DBL because that's sort of, you know, that's where they go and they try hard and they want to they want to get a, you know, DBL championship. Um, but that's, you know, that's the space that, it, that the SBL kind of fits, really, I hope, is that people can come and play a team that they wouldn't play in other leagues, have a bit of a laugh, just, you know, hang out with your mates, play Blood Bowl, not take it too seriously. And that's helped by having a million silly rules that you can just blame it on the silly rules. Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't my fault. It was the yeah. silly rules. Yeah, of course. That's why I lost 3-0. A handful of silly rules, Rob. A handful. For a million silly rules, we need to go to the, the Wii Free League, which oh, we'll come yeah. on to in a future episode. But uh, yeah, that, that semi-serious, relaxed, fun 
uh, Blood Bowl is one of the things that allows people to keep playing all year, I think. And um, previously, for a lot of us, Blood Bowl was a, a part-time thing um, when the, the main league was on and people played other games. But this keeps bringing people back, which is a great thing for the game and a great thing for people to keep on getting better. Yeah, and the last thing I'll touch on, and I know this definitely affects me more than it does probably most of the coaches in the SBL, but one thing that I do love about the SBL is the amount of swag I get to push out. Um, it's a sort of where I found about custom dice and um, other little bits and pieces. I started doing a lot of merch um, for another league, uh, the DBL, and then bringing some of that sort of info over into the SBL. So we've always done like poker chip ball tokens, pair of dice and some other bits and pieces along the way. We started with um, uh, beer bottle caps for re-roll markers and bits like that. And it, it's always kind of, because it's my baby to a little extent, it also pushes me on to go and seek out new merch or t-shirts or um so now as well division winners get a custom set of dice um which is also for people that like dice and collecting dice it's a little challenge for them to try and get the complete set of playing all the seasons there's always a different set of dice and then you've got when we've done sevens and stuff like that in the past it's a nice little nice little added bonus and we also have i in my opinion one of the best uh blood bowl trophies um, because no one else has it. Uh, we had a coach, unfortunately, only played one season in the SBL. Uh, I don't think he even managed to finish that season, but he is an absolute dab hand with some green stuff. Um, and he sort of mentioned to me just in like DMs at the start of the league and was like, I've got an idea for um, for a trophy. Do you mind if I just sort of sort of make something up and, you know, if, if you think it's good enough, we'll use that as the league trophy. And he absolutely smashed it out of the park. And we've got this beautiful... Uh, chaos uh demon creature holding a salt shaker which is just fantastic um and probably one of my proudest things from the sbl and i didn't even do anything for it but it is amazing it's i think it's it, the tentacles come up and wrap around a, a literal actual salt shaker yeah and it, it, it looks in, incredible um so the other thing that the winners of the division gets which i think summarizes the league uh, in a nice succinct way is um salty tears from their fans so if you're playing against oh, yeah. a previous division winner um they fail to go for it on a one or a two if they're trying to get into the uh or if they're trying to go into the end zone well, it's end zone or sidelines so anywhere on the side of the pitch the uh the fans have been so upset that they're playing against this really good team that they've they've cried their tears and sodden the edges of the pitch to make it harder and i will say we did have this rule before the drunkard rule came so i'm saying that gw might have been keeping a close eye on us or it may be that our commissioner really, really, really hates Norse uh, and he's happy for them to fail go for it. It's on um, threes as well as ones and twos. Oh, yeah. Um, that probably feels like a, a nice place to, to wrap up today, Rob. I think we, we'll come back in a couple of weeks and talk about another league or another tournament. There's plenty coming up early in the new year. I think we're both signed up for a, a couple of tournaments in the first couple of months of the year and um, we'll both be involved in at least a couple of different leagues so there'll be plenty to talk about. Anything else before we head off today? Oh, I had one more. Seeing as this is, this is for us, recording is very close to the new year and will come out in the new year, I was going to have a quick retrospective look back. So we both started playing in 2020 and I was going to ask you, what has been your favourite year for teams released? So I believe 2020, we would have had uh, the two base box teams. So you would have had uh, Nobility and Blackhawks and I think Necro were released alongside them. 2021, I want to say was, ooh, what was that? Corn. 
because that's the order that the spikes came out in. So 2021, you get corn. I believe 2022, you get Norse. And 2023, you get Amazons and Vampires. I think Zons were the same year as Norse because they ended up in the same spike. Oh, in the Almanac. In the Almanac, yeah. Yeah, so let's let's we might be slightly wrong, but without it to our to our fingertips. So I'm going to say 2020 you get uh, Black Orcs, Knobs, and Necro. 2021 you get Corn, yeah, Corn. Then Norse and Amazons, and then Vamps this year. I have to say, all the teams have been pretty good and had something different about them. I think it's been a really good string of releases. Um, I think the the knobs I've not enjoyed playing, so that lets that year down. Even though I really, really enjoyed playing Blackhawks when I had a go with those in the SBL last year, actually. But on balance, um, I've not played them in uh, league yet, uh, and I've only played them at one tournament, but I'm going to come back at some point to Corn. I think that's a, a great team. I think it's loads of fun. Um, I think you, you can play to try and win, but you can also play to try and murder your opponent. And, you know, you're going to take some damage yourself along the way. But I think it's a really interesting play style and could end up being one of my favourite teams, actually. I have to agree, I think. I think even though you get bumper amount of teams in the others, I think that Corn are the most interesting out of all those teams. I think the, the frenzy just being the only skill, really, um, and horns on the gauze, I think, are the only starting skills. I think the Bloodspawn is super interesting, whether you fit it in or not in a starting build. Um, and just learning the positional play to not get caught out by a frenzy is probably the most interesting. Also, like I said earlier, I think the corn spike is absolutely brilliant for extra spicy rules. Um, so I think that, that'll be it for me. Which leads me on to my next one. What teams are you hoping for in 2024? Oh, well, I'm hoping for the one that won't come, Rob. I'm hoping for a, a brand new Zinch team that are all stunty players. So a stunty chaos team of some description. Um, maybe spamming leader to get some bonus rerolls in there. Um, but something uh, a little bit different. I think it'll be great to see chaos dwarves revitalized and Toon kings revitalized um, and even high elves. None of those three teams really need it but the other teams have all benefited from being refreshed but something new something different and for me a stunty chaos team would be a load of fun yeah i think that's that i'm kind of in a similar spot tomb kings is the one for me i've got a tomb kings team that i want to build up and i think with the old world coming back around i think tomb kings are a good shout for seeing them pretty soon um i think that could be quite nice um I'd quite like another stunty team. I don't know what it would be, but another stunty team in the mix was a slightly different offset. I just told you, Robert, it'd be Zinch. I don't know if they'd be just stunty. Is, am I right in thinking Zinch are the, like, the blue horrors that like split into two and stuff like that? They are in, in some of the other uh, Warhammer universes. I think uh, Games Workshop have massively shied away from... Um, demons in blood bowl so i'd love to see that i think blue and pink horrors with some brimstone would be great that's the one thing that i was thinking that could be a, a great mechanic i mean you'd have to have a million miniatures on the team but i do like the idea of like blocking a piece uh and then like casing it and if it's only like a badly hurt or something it splits into two other little little guys that end up going into the reserves or something and then next setup you've still got players even though they're slightly worse so I think you'd have to do it so that I don't think they could come straight onto the pitch because then you just overwhelm too many players a bit like Snotlins. But I think if they went into the Kaz box and then you got two of the slightly less horrors that you could put back on the pitch for the next drive so you're never down players, 
I, I quite like the idea of that. But we'll, we'll see what they do. But yeah, I, I'd hope for some Tomb Kings would be my what I'd be after. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed for those new teams and let's keep our uh, toes crossed that we're going to get some good leagues and some good fun as we go forward. So, Rob... I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will as well. I uh, look forward to seeing you in the new year and rolling some dice again. Speak again soon. Yep. See you later, everyone.